0: Now, I want to get into this electricity issue now because if there was ever any proof that Malcolm Turnbull's National Energy Guarantee was a bad policy, we don't have to look any further than the fact that Bill Shorten, the Labor leader now, has actually adopted that policy and is rebranding it for himself. All these people around the country, including so many political commentators who pretend they don't know, they don't understand why Malcolm Turnbull lost the prime ministership. Well, here's the evidence, of course. He was trying to deliver a policy on climate and energy that he wanted Labor to support. In fact, it's so close to Labor policy, Labor are now adopting it after the Coalition have turned their back on it. So it's fascinating stuff. I mentioned at the start, of course, there's this additional rebate for households to install batteries, $2,000 per household, up to $200 million. But even more concerning, $10 billion tipped into the Clean Energy Finance Corporation, an extra $10 billion of money to put up renewable generation around the country. Let's find out what the implications of all this are from a man who really understands all this. He's the energy economist at Regulation Economics Alan Moran. Thanks for joining us Alan. Hey you're welcome yeah. Look Alan we've uh, known for a long while that Labor were talking about doubling the renewable energy target and almost doubling the nation's emissions reductions target so they've recommitted to that but now you see more detail of their policy. What do you think would unfold or ensue in this country if these policies were ever to be implemented?
1: Well, I mean, it's actually quite disheartening that, you know, over the past decade, we've seen uh, about $70 billion spent on wind and solar, uh, and that's enough for 12 new coal generators. And not one cent of that $70 billion would have been spent without the kind of subsidies that you've discussed there, renewable energy schemes, the Green Energy Bank, and so on. And yet uh, and uh, two-thirds of the costs of, the, of those um, uh, renewables are actually furnished by, by subsidies. And the outcome has been electricity costs, which were once the cheapest in the world, now uh, w- one of the highest. And as you say, the, uh, the ALP wants to double down on it. We, I mean, the basic rationale of this is that we need a transition to these new green energy sources uh, and away from archaic coal. And that, that transition has been, you know, allegedly coming for 25 years. And it's not with us still, as evidenced by the increasing need for the subsidies which the uh, alp is doubling down upon
0: alan and, um, people try and make these uh, debates as complicated as possible but let me put it this simple way and you can explain to me how i've got this wrong or how uh, it's it's a bit more nuanced than that but effectively whenever we put in uh, wind generation or solar generation we know it's intermittent so we always have to have some other generation that can back that up in other words for every dollar invested in these renewables, it doesn't actually lighten our investment demand for dispatchable power. We still have to have enough coal-fired or gas-fired electricity to back it up 100% at the times it's not operating.
1: Exactly. And, and the coal-fired electricity which we could have needs to run, not intermittently, not to fill the valleys of, uh, of the uh, wind and solar, but it needs to run constantly. Otherwise, it becomes very expensive. So that's why the price, the average price on the wholesale market is now $90, and it was less than $40 only three or four years ago because we're basically forcing those coal generators to bid high. Otherwise, they go underwater, as Hazelwood did, and as the northern generator did in, in South Australia. So basically, we're, we're spending all that. And not only are we spending that, but you, you, you're talking about the additional... Money spent on transmission lines, which is, is being required, and there's additional money again being spent by the market manager just to ensure that you can compensate for the in, inherent unreliability and, and 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 features of of, of the power system uh, to to buy surplus power to be to, to be fed in just when it's needed, not when when it's bidding.
0: But the so, bottom you know, we- line here, uh, Alan, is that. We've seen what's happened with a 23% renewable energy target. It really has completely turned our national electricity market on its head and it's seen prices skyrocketing. What's your best estimate as to what will happen to prices if we get that to 50% of energy by 2030?
1: Well, I mean, it will be. We've already gone. We're already double, more than double what we were before. It will go up again because, in addition. The government is talking about revisiting and re-putting re- on the national energy guarantee, which is, is of course, like the carbon tax, which the which uh, the Abbott government uh, withdrew in 2013. So we've got that additional tax coming on. Um, but you know, we've also got other things. Don't forget, that we're only talking about those emissions coming from electricity here. That's only 30 percent of emissions. We're going to have to have similar sorts of provisions on transport, agriculture and building, which is the
0: other... Sure, we'll go there another time, Alan, but I'm particularly interested in energy because I think this is going to be such a crucial debate in the election campaign. Now, Labor are actually arguing, and they find some economists to back this up, they're arguing that they can do this, bring in all this renewable energy and still force prices down. Is that in any way possible?
1: No. I mean, people have been saying this for 20 years. They always find these consultants who come and say, oh, you know, great idea. We'll subsidize this form of energy and it'll force down the price of every form of energy. And they they say this blindly ignorant, the fact that if I'm a generator, I've got to make money. If I don't make money, I have to close. And if I close, that, that creates a shortage in the market and that forces the energy price up. So we've seen... In spite of everyone coming to these these these, these uh, reviews, like the Warburton review, et cetera, and saying just give us a few more years of this, and uh, we'll be will be cheaper energy, and we'll be purer energy, and we'll have lower emissions, it just is absolute rubbish. We've gone from less than forty dollars to to ninety dollars in terms of the pr- the present price. Labour will increase that still further to about one hundred and twenty or more uh, dollars. I mean, which which means. We, we, we have to close down all our energy-intensive industries, the very industries which have been the most productive in Australia and have given us our, our very high living standards. In addition, we've got to do other things in other sectors, but it's a colossal reduction in our living standards and a great reduction in the reliability of the electricity system, which we've come to, to rely, rely upon.
0: Alan, thanks so much for joining us. That's Alan Moran, the energy economist at Regulation Economics. The point about Alan Moran is he talks absolute sense there. And you know what? We know he's right. You know how we know he's right? Because he's not talking theories here in theoretical economics. He's talking about what's actually happened. He's looking at what has happened so far. So if we keep doing the same thing, it's going to happen again. What's happening here with people telling us power is going to get cheaper with more renewables is this is the triumph of hope and spin over our real life experience.